0: The Confluence Story Gathering Podcast is a production of Confluence, a community-supported nonprofit with a mission to connect people to the history, living cultures, and ecology of the Columbia River Basin through Indigenous voices. Find out more at confluenceproject.org.
1: We're still here because we have the hope in the next generation and we have the love of our ancestors and the respect of everything they've done to get us here today. And we will do twice as much today to make sure the next generation the next generation have hope.
2: Welcome to the Confluence Story Gathering Podcast, Indigenous Voices of the Columbia River. I'm Colin Fogarty, Executive Director of Confluence. Few creatures are so closely identified with the Pacific Northwest as salmon and orcas. But while they bring beauty and grace to the region, they've also faced a series of threats that have prevented them from thriving, as they did before the days of European colonization. Killer whales and salmon are especially valued by Native American tribal members, who consider them family. Today on the Story Gathering podcast, three indigenous voices discuss strategies for supporting an ecosystem that allows orcas and salmon to be healthy and abundant once again. Our speakers were recorded during a Confluence conversation in October 2020. They are Washington State Representative Deborah Lekhanoff, Yakima Klikitat Tribal Elder Wilbur Slakish, and James Holt, Executive Director of the Buffalo Field Campaign. I asked Representative Lekhanoff, How often does she just have to bring people up to speed on the issues facing indigenous people and the wildlife that's important to them?
1: It's an educational moment every day, all day. I am in meetings from 6 in the morning uh, to the East Coast all the way back until 7.30 in the evening. And almost every one of my conversations is either educating on the connectivity to the resources, to the laws, to the policy, to the treaty rights or it's educating on thinking indigenously, which is a long spanning way of thinking, whether I'm looking to protect um, healthcare, whether I'm looking to expand education to to be diverse in the way we think in our communities, in our indigenous communities, James and Wilbur, but also um, whether it's even talking about building green infrastructure what does building green infrastructure mean and what do you mean it's going to be more expensive to buy group to build green infrastructure we should just build it as it is because it's a dollar less but no one is really thinking carefully that the dollar we spend today if we don't do it green and we don't do it right we're going to spend six dollars more down the road and my daughter's going to be paying for that and making the decisions that i should have been making now with my fellow legislators. So it's not a frustrating moment, it's a moment of quite, quite. to be frank, I, I'm honored to be the one to be talking to my colleagues, talking to organizations, engaging with business, engaging with industry, but it's, it's the voice of the teachings that came from the people who built me. And that is either tribal leaders, governmental leaders, organizations, or my grandma, you know, cutting fish with me um, as a little girl, or my mom picking berries with me, or my sister talking to me, or my daughter saying something as honest as this, Mom, Mom, you have to let people know that they have to vote because their lives depend on it. So I'm uh, it's every day, all day, Colin.
3: One other thing, there is uh, they need to get out of the sense of uh, do- domination over the land because they use uh quotes out of the Bible, dominion over the land. No, you you live with it. You don't try to tame it. As they talk about, we had to tame the mighty Columbia River. Well, that that tameness has led to what it is now, cesspools, uh, dirty water behind those dams, uh, sediment pollution. When that water flowed, it brought nutrients down into other areas caused by those floods, and floods were not bad. You just don't live in the floodplain. So that's a lot what they need to learn is uh, that, stop practicing dominion, live with it. Stop trying to tame the animals, stop trying to tame everything.
0: Yeah, I think we also um, have to continue to assert, those things that we are doing to speak for the water and speak for the fish and the land. You know, we can go back to the spring season, short and seasoned up here in the tributary and going out to the tributary fisheries on the little salmon river. And we can get into conversations with um, anglers and they can tell us that those Indians just need to get their nets out of the water. We'd have more fish, you know, but at the same time, we can fast forward, uh, into now and these same people who are screaming about us to get our nets out of the water are benefiting off of a uh, unprecedented season on coho that the tribe restored and recovered to the basin and there wasn't a coho fishery here in the Clearwater River without uh, the Nespers tribe stepping forward and recovering that species of fish. So we're constantly having to educate the public, uh, the non-tribal public as it were, you know, these good good things that we're doing and we're you know, sometimes we are the lifeline of these tri- these fish runs. We are the lifeline that's holding them, you know, in place. You know, we're, we're often the only thing that's speaking for them. And uh, we definitely have to have a louder voice and uh, a broader voice uh, across the landscape so more people can truly understand what it is that we're doing and assist us in, in doing these things and doing it together as well.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm glad that you said that, James, because a lot of the questions that we have been getting from uh, people online and people who signed up have to, uh, you know, um, have to do with just that subject. And the way one person put it was, how can we better center tribal voices in efforts to address the plight of salmon and orca? In other words, it, and, and I guess the follow-up to that is, what does that mean? If we were, if we as a society were to take the indigenous perspective perspective on the columbia river and orcas how different would it be and i ask it um to help people understand like how do we get there um to a a native perspective on these issues when we seem so far away from that now does that make sense
3: yeah they're not toys The, the the orcas aren't a zoo you know they're living in their natural habitat but yet Economic interests uh, treat that, uh, where they live, as, as a place where they can go see them like they do the animals that they have trapped and placed in zoos and aquariums. They're that, That's not their role. And they're not to be saying, well, oh, we can catch it and release it. That still harms them. Because they pull it out and pose with it. And that takes the protective barrier off the salmon. And he's susceptible to diseases more. And you don't know how many times he has been handled. So stop treating them as toys and zoo animals. Leave them alone. They don't come to you and watch what you do in your home. But yet these uh, ships up there in, in uh, Puget Sound and along the coast. Quail-watching boats. Get your seat. Stop treating them that way.
0: I agree. And I also think there there's a disconnection where um, people need to understand that what they're doing on the curb out in their front yard uh, has an impact on the orca as we lead up the chain, the food chain. You know, I often get into this uh, debate with people talking about where these frontline communities are and where are those places that matter when really, if you live in this Columbia basin, you know, it matters. You know, we can track those orcas back to certain tributaries, the, the mainstay diet of the salmon in the Columbia Basin, but but really it all matters, you know. We we need the eels that um, benefit the orca when they're out there living their lives, and or, you know, eel habitat matters, and, and a lot of those tributaries, people have a disconnect of what they're doing in their own backyards, and linking that to the life, life of the orca, I think, makes it much more real for them. And, We have to put that message out there that no matter where you are in the basin, you're on the front line, you know, helping or hindering the life of the Orca and elevate that voice.
1: You know, James, I remember you and I uh, talking to EPA and the Army Corps about the environmental justice when we were protecting the waters of the U.S. uh, years ago, when both you and I sat on the National Tribal Caucus and the Regional Tribal Caucus advising the EPA administrator to do the right thing. You know, it was years ago that James and I were talking about protecting water and we're still talking about protecting it today. But I tell you what, James, it's probably been um, many, 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 many years ago when Wilbur started talking about protecting water and he's still talking about it today. The issues will never go away. The challenges will never go away. But it's that it's that hope that we have every day to know that Although Wilbur James and I were sitting in Washington DC talking to their deputies about protecting water, we knew that the next generation behind us that would be talking about water would be able to share the same words that we're sharing and the same teachings that we're sharing of protecting uh, um, our resources, our water, and our environment for years to come.
3: At my little school down here in Wishram, the kids were telling my kids, how come we waste fish? We just catch them and throw them on the bank. And why do we go hunting deer just for the antlers? And and uh, he come back and he says, "This these kids are telling me this." And what do I tell them? So we set up a. I set up a meeting with the superintendent, and it just happened to be around uh, the Thanksgiving Day. Uh, so I I had a dinner. For them, and I brought all of the the food sources there and placed them on the table. You know, the salmon in a jar, and uh, deer meat dried, and and uh, roots and berries. Then I brought in the hides, and and laid it there. And I said, and the salmon, the fish you're talking about, are uh, the carp and all of those fish that are predators to the smolts. And I said, we don't waste the salmon. This is what it does for us. And this is how we take care of it. So those kids that uh, got that education from uh, their uh, parents went back and, and explained to them. And the next year, we had three times the amount of people that were at that dinner. And it's been an annual event for 17, 18 years, but this year we're not going to be able to do it because of this pandemic. So that's one of the elements we need to do is to connect, to have our children uh, start education uh, the kids from the other the, the other uh, citizenry because those kids changed that tone of that town's uh, animosity towards us over the uh, the fish that their tax dollars created and, and all of that. So we don't waste it. We don't do anything with that. So that's one of the elements is is their young people need to connect with our our youngsters and and learn that history that we don't waste anything and we don't just kill it for the pleasure or harvest and you know, catch it just just to be pleasurable, and uh, now they call it recreational fishing, and it's, it's not, it's, a, uh, fishing is our life, and so that, just that little deal there, and uh, they said, uh, "What do you call it thanks taking us, well, you guys had the first dinner there, and you go, and when people brought the food, you oh. got here, and, uh, tried the same thing, and, Instead of giving, you started taking. So that's why I say that, taking Day. But this little town, and it has newcomers, and they come, and I tried to stop it last two years ago. I said, Jay, I've done this long enough. I have to uh, raise the money. I have to do that to uh, compensate for the dancers and the drummers and and I donate the food, though. While my my uh, grandkids do now, they do the hunting and they do the fishing for that event. And uh, so that's one little thing. There is is our young need to to start reaching out and in the school system and disputing a lot of that, and and it needs to be put into the school curriculum as part of the the new. Uh, Stuff that they're doing uh, in Washington state, and I think we need to expand that to include those things. We don't waste any of that because it's a gift that we strive to take care of. And in that little education it's, it's got to start small and build.
2: Thank you for that. And I, I've heard so much about that uh, that event. I'm so um, sad that we can't, that it's not going to happen this year, but hopefully it'll be next year. And what I love about this conversation, and we can even hear um, uh, in the room there with you, Wilbur, the the future generations. Uh, yeah, that's I, my grandson. Yeah, <laughs> <do I? laughs> that's right. When you look at the future generations, um, are you, and, and also just the... How do you square, I suppose, the, um, you know, the plight of the salmon, the plight of the orcas, and and yet the hope that future generations can give us? Um, how how are, do you how do, how do you balance um, hope for what's to come and despair from what's lost?
3: Well, the the voices of the young are going to be the ones that. That uh, bring that message here and we just need to keep educating our youth, but they need to reach over to the other side as as I did with this little uh, school group down here and and they did wonders to their parents. For me
0: in my neck of the
3: woods, um,
0: you know, the youth are are empowered empowered when they realize that, um, you know, they are the prayer's of our ancestors you know for us often like in my own home we bring it back to um that history we've come from you know we talk about the Nespers war 1877 the role of uh, the chiefs and the warriors that were involved there you know they had to press on and do these things to ensure that we continue on and now here we are today you know the 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 birth of of their prayers and their hopes and so it is up to us you know we 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 can't allow them to lay on the side of the trail. You know, our ancestors didn't get a lay down. You know, they had to press on for us to be here. Now here we are, it's our turn. And I believe in you, I believe in them, I believe in the youth. Every time I go there and I tell them, I've been waiting for you. You know, you are my hero, just by having the understanding that you do of this world we live in. Now, let me give you these tools. Let me help empower you to take this standard and march with the flag forward.
1: Yeah, thank you for this opportunity. I just have to tell you, you know, we wouldn't be here as Native American people. We would have never survived the turmoil that we've went through. You know, we're talking about disparity today, but for generations the Native American people have been wiped out, Um, you know, sick in blankets wrapping around us, gonna kill us through boarding schools, uh, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, termination, the Dawes Act, tax them out of their land, um, taking away our fishing right, putting their thumb down, putting us on reservations, um, cut our hair, take away our languages, take away our culture, burn down our, our longhouses, kill all of our buffalo, kill all of our salmon, kill all of our seals. Tell us we can't whale, but we're still here. We're still here because we have the hope, We have the hope in the next generation and we have the love of our ancestors and the respect, as Wilbur says, of everything they've done to get us here today. And we will do twice as much today to get the next generation to to make sure the next generation, the next generation have hope. We live in action as Native American people. Our our language is an action. Our thoughts are an action. Our prayers are an action nothing is ever standing still for us. And so for me, um, people may think this is just so hard during this time and it is, don't get me wrong, but we'll make it through. We have to make it through. And that's where we come in as uh, Deborah, James and Wilbur. Um, You've got uh, three generations here working hard, all bringing our shared experiences. And we all walk along the same path, helping one another. And there's many, many, many more of us. So, uh, in Indian Country, I think James and Wilbur, the the uh, leadership, always says we're part of that. We be, we be, we be here today. We be here yesterday. We be here for generations to come.
2: That was Washington State Representative Deborah Lakanoff. We also heard from Yakima Klickitat Tribal Elder Wilbur Slotkish and James Holt executive director of the Buffalo Field Campaign. Thanks to them for their participation in this program. To find out more about Confluence and the five completed sites along the Columbia River system, check out our website, confluenceproject.org. Now, remember, Confluence is a community-supported nonprofit. We can only do this work because of the generous support from the Friends of Confluence, and that's you. Join us today at confluenceproject.org. Thanks for listening to the Confluence Story Gathering podcast. For more episodes, visit our website or wherever you get your podcasts.